Thank you for joining us as we bring you this worship service of 7th Avenue Presbyterian Church. Our readings this morning are from 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, and the book of Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 17. My sermon is titled, That All Might Be Revealed. As this is All Saints Sunday, we invite you to have a candle for the ritual of remembrance as you remember loved ones who have died and who have been saints for you. You'll find the link to our complete announcements in your email. Here are a couple of highlights. This Wednesday, we will have virtual Taze. We invite you to join us for prayer chants and candlelight at 7.30 p.m. on Zoom. Next Sunday at 11.30 a.m., the Reverend Dale Trunk will be facilitating the first in a three-part perspectives class on Pope Francis' encyclical letter, Fratelli Tutti, We Are All Brothers and Sisters. We hope that you'll join us via Zoom for that. And now, in preparation to worship, you're invited to quiet yourself, becoming still, as you prepare to worship God. Give thanks to God who created us. God's steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Christ who teaches us love. God's steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Spirit who empowers us. God's steadfast love endures forever. Let us worship God with all the saints of God. God's steadfast love endures forever. Yes, so be it. Amen. Thanksgiving is all. 
Gather us, God, as your holy people, a people of yesterday, today, and forever. When we forget who we are and lose sight of those who have gone before us, forgive us. When we miss the holiness of people we meet every day, open the eyes of our hearts. Empower us to be your living saints as we remember those who have been saints to us. Now in silence, we continue our prayers to you. In Christ, we are no longer strangers and aliens. In Christ, we are citizens with the saints in the household of God. In Christ, nothing separates us from the love of God. In Christ, we are loved and we belong. Friends, in Christ Jesus, we are forgiven and welcomed home. Yes, alleluia, amen. A reading from the first epistle of John, the third chapter beginning with the first verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Holy One, as we listen to these ancient words, may we hear your word for us this day. Amen. See what love God has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know God. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When God is revealed, we will be like God, for we will see God as God is. And all who have this hope in God purify themselves just as the Holy One is pure. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. 
A reading from the book of Revelation, chapter 7, beginning with verse 9. Listen for the word of God. After this, I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne, and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, and thanksgiving and honour and power and might, be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. 
Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The stun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Here ends the reading. After one of our lengthier spells of smoke-filled skies, David and I went out for a midnight walk. Nothing but the sound of our flip-flops echoed in the streets. We looked up and began to stumble, captivated by the celestial bodies suspended above. Light years away, and yet for a moment, we were floating in their midst, gleefully at home, in the company of long-lost friends. What must life be like up there in the presence of stars? What do they see looking back at us? Silent observers, do they care for us the way we wonder at them? The ancients spent a lot of time gazing into the vault of the sky, studying our Milky Way. Celestial lore was shared Stories about Jupiter and Venus and spirits that lived under the moon. It was believed that the stars were living beings. They were gods, and the deceased ancestors of the people, now robed in white. They were souls and bodies perfected in air. They heard music, only perceived by celestial beings. They held the secrets of our collective future, and were just as present and relevant to understanding life as gravity. They interacted with our lives, and according to the lore of the Israelites, they encircled the throne of Yahweh, God Most High. When facing an uncertain future or wanting to make sense of how they arrived at the present moment, the ancients turned to prophets skilled at reading the sky. Prophets like John with his book of Revelation, prophets who understood the relationship of constellations to particular cities, like Aries, the celestial lamb, to Jerusalem. Through John's revelation, faithful communities suffering attacks by others in their midst are given a cosmic medical evaluation of sorts, reviewing areas of health, and should they fail to abandon what is deemed false, risks of morbidity. Even of those who are warned, not all will heed God's warning. In short order, death begins to consume the earth. As the prophecy goes, the killing and destruction, a cosmic war unleashed, must take place. After each heinous scene, as if anticipating the rising concern for those being harmed, we are assured this is the just judgment of God. 
It has been both God's plan and our plea for justice. And it is only finally coming to pass with the presence of one who is truly righteous. This must happen. This should happen. Braided together with bitter herbs, we taste the sweet satisfaction of vindication. A multi-headed dragon who manipulated the masses into worshiping at its feet is thrown into a lake of fire. And yet, there also remains the repulsive stench of a god who planned the systematic annihilation of the entire earth. When the cosmic lamb finally makes its way back to its first position in the sky, Revelation ends with a vision of a new Jerusalem descending from heaven, a perfect sparkling crystal cube. It's a celestial city with foundations made of jewels, a bright flowing river of life, and streets of gold. The leaves of the trees bring healing. The city's twelve gates remain open, for there is no threat of harm. It is a place of justice for the just. All who enter are recognized as rightfully there, children of God. There is no temple set apart, for the entire city is God's temple. God lives there together with Jesus and all the saints, each tribe remembered and named, the great multitude who've patiently endured and now whose tears are finally wiped away. It is a dream we carry, a place to welcome and honor all the people that are housed within us, a place to finally be at rest, where the temple and the earth, where who you want to be and who you are, merge into one, a place where there is no more worry, no more strife. But the prophets and the people with them couldn't imagine or didn't see a way to get there without a cosmic war, the death of all the inhabitants of the earth and of the earth completely. So this city of God emerged cleansed of all those deemed unworthy, all those who disagreed with what we understood to be false and who we believed rightly got their comeuppance. We dream of inclusivity and are challenged by it. It may not be so foreign a desire that all those we see as our enemies would be thrown into a lake of fire. For the ancients, as with us, the values that they hold most dear, they imagine are also taken up by God. For them, loyalty is integral. They are loyal to God and a certain belief about God. They are loyal to Jesus and a certain belief about Jesus. 
and they are loyal to their ancestors, who have been killed for being loyal to God and to their beliefs. And they expect that God will be loyal to them. This is what God is, loyal. And so God is there, ready to make things right, to give to those who stand against them what they have coming. So taken to the extreme, God becomes violent, rigid, no longer God. Our sky prophets today, those who conduct polls, tell us we are slipping from disagreement to disdain to dehumanization. They tell us that respect and understanding across party lines are disappearing and that people on both sides increasingly believe violence would be justified if their opponent wins. This is not the first time we have looked out and seen a ten-headed dragon in place of a human being. The dragon need not win. We are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. As we look to the heavens and stumble skyward, all those we carry, housed within, suspended above and below, come with us to be honored and welcomed where the earth and temple meet and the light years that divide us become a place to wonder. As the prayer chant moves us into the ritual of remembrance, you are invited, should you feel so led, to light a candle or candles in memory of loved ones who have died. Yesterday. 
Let us pray. O God who carries us, we praise you for all your servants who, having lived this life in faith, now live eternally with you. We thank you for the lives reflected by the lights of these candles. Each one reminds us of our humanity and the fragility of life. Each candle reminds us of your love for us as we have experienced it through the love and touch of those who have been grace to us. Each candle reminds us of your presence, both now and in the life to come. So we remember with thanksgiving and gratitude all those who have been saints to us. And now we pray the words Jesus taught us, saying, Our God, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. 
as we face uncertain days ahead, look to the heavens and stumble skyward, that all those you carry, housed within, suspended above and below, might come with you to be honored and welcomed where the earth and temple meet and the light years that divide us become a place to wonder. And may the grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be love, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen.